In the days of the new system, Kevin's episodes are considered especially heinous. In Kansas City, the dedicated detectives who write along with these horrible albums are members of an elite squad known as, well, it's just Nick. These are their stories. Welcome to yet another Days of the New. Nick, how are you? I'm doing all right. How's your week going? I'm stuck in quarantine, and uh, it's a never-ending cycle of listening to fucking new metal albums and uh, not leaving the house. So <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how I'm doing yeah, right now. I, I, me too. I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I was like, "There, nobody is experiencing perfect mental health right now." Like. No. There's nobody. No, no. We're all just in varying stages of breakdown. Okay, just, I, I know this is off camera right now, and I'm not supposed to talk about what I'm showing you, but uh, here's a beer. Here's a glass of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get there, but it's, it's as we record right now, it is only 7.19 my time, and I have a hard and fast, you cannot have liquor until 8 p.m. rule. Well, Thank God the sun sets pretty early on my house, and I'm not leaving the house, so technically it's sundown right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got probably at eight o'clock. I might, I might join you. I just, I need to come out of the quarantine without like a lunchtime booze habit. <laughs> I'm gonna blame that on quarantine. Yeah, because I can, I can feel it. Like all, all of a sudden, it's like eight o'clock, and you know how a dog like knows when it's supposed to be feeding time. All of a sudden, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I could use a drink. So I, I'm okay if that happens after I'm already home from work. But if I'm at work and it happens, that's when we got a problem. The way I've kind of rationalized it is uh, I'll drink like 80 proof on the weekdays, <laughs> but 100 proof wasn't cutting it on the weekend. So now my go-to drink is old granddad 114 proof. I might run out after this recording and, and join you with some yeah. sipping whiskey. This podcast is brought to you by Old Granddad 114. <laughs> we are, are accepting sponsorship. We are as, as the 144th most popular podcast in music history on iTunes right now. <laughs> That's right, everybody. With uh, our last episode, we charted. Fuck yes. Look out, Disgraceland. We're coming for you. And Dolly Parton. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we've been bullshitting a lot, and that's because what we're going to talk about today really isn't fun. Uh, Nick, I'm going to lead with saying I owe you an apology. Yeah, you goddamn right you do. <laughs> when I literally got a, a text message that somebody was mad at me when they saw this in my Spotify playlist. <laughs> So we haven't even really we haven't introduced the band yet, but I, I have to go back to usually, you know, the two weeks before I go. All right. What do you got? What do you got? And I told you what uh, I was just like, oh, fuck, I don't know who It was just kind of like, oh, OK, it's a dumb name. This will be easy. It, it'll be bad. It'll be like funny, bad. And we'll, we'll just, you know, it'll be an easy thing. Nothing about this was easy. Nothing about no. this was, dude. Like this was, like I I've listened to it a bunch of times now. Fuck you very much. <laughs> and like I still don't know the difference from one song to another mm -mm. in most of these. Mm -mm. Also, like this is a, a, a as stated in the cold open. This is a Kevin episode. In a Kevin episode, you're gonna get albums with seventeen songs. <laughs> 
albums. So and you're going to get albums that you probably never listened to. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yeah. This is this is not my finest hour, and, uh, but fuck it. We're here. I said Hoobastank. I'm not uh, reneging on that, so here we go. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of history on Hoobastank. So in 1994... Vocalist Doug Robb. First off, it's a bad start. Yeah. The, the guy's got two first names. That's it's a bad look. I like to read it as one name. His name's Doug Robb. Doug Robb? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, good old Doug Robb had known uh, the guitarist Dan Estrin for some time, and they competed against one another in a high school battle of the bands because, fucking, of course they did. And subsequently, like, dude, you rock. No, you rock. We should form a band. So they recruited Mar. I'm not even a attempt to say this name right. <laughs> Marku Lappenlaylen, <laughs> just fuck, and Chris Hesse to form what at the time was called Huba Stunk, and later changed to Huba Stank. Let's address the name right away. Let's just get that out of the way because that was the whole reason I was like, oh, it's a stupid name. This will be funny. That was as much as I thought about why we should do this. I don't have anything. It's the worst band name of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I looked high and low for a definitive meaning of what Hoobastank means, and I think that these guys outrank Godsmack in the bullshit category. They absolutely outpace Godsmack in lying about their name. A 2002 article in the Sun Sentinel quotes Dan Rob, <laughs> Doug Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob Dave, Rob Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes Bobby, sometimes you make dumb decisions when you're young, and that might have been one of them, laughs Doug Rob, about being the punchline to SNL jokes and snooty rock critic snipes. It's too late trying to peel that off and start something else at this point. So yeah, uh, that doesn't give me much, except sometimes you make dumb decisions. No shit. In a 2011 interview with OrlandoFloridaGuy.com, Chris Hesse explained that the band's name originated from Dan Robb's mispronunciation of a German street name. Yeah, that's the one that I came across. Yeah. I am going to go on record and say that this is all bullshit. If you're a you know right-thinking individual, Hoobastank is either a reference to weed or female anatomy, and you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah. That's it. This was some idiots in high school going, <laughs> you got some of that hoobastank, and they thought, <laughs> and fucking formed a band. Yeah. Um, and, and like, this is one of those bands uh, that had a logo that didn't have their band name in it. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. So, hoobastank spelled with the two O's is an infinity sign. Right. Uh, ugh, God, it, it's SoCal. We should just get that out of the way. And you know these dudes have that logo tattooed on themselves. Absolutely. On their ankle. These dudes have like the infinity <laughs> oh, yeah. ankle For tattoo. Sure. Hoobastank, they form and they start playing local gigs. And they start playing uh, alongside contemporaries like Incubus, who is going to factor heavily into their careers in about eight years. Oh, extremely. Well, even off the bat, like... Hoobastank is Incubus without the lyrics yeah, or the or, risk or, or just the sincerity. But that is future Hoobastank. Hoobastank, when they started off, was this weirdo punk ska outfit. And they were really more in line with Mr. Bungle 
in and like some of like the early mighty mighty Boston's in the stuff that they were doing, and it was fun. It was like just weird fun. Le- yeah, it had yeah, saxophone all, all over it. it. It was great. And based on that, they recorded their first full length self released album in 1998 called "They Sure Don't Make Basketball Shorts Like They Used To." which is the dumbest name for an album. At this time, it also features the fifth Beatle of Hoobastank, Jeremy Wasser, on the sax. (laughs) Yeah, he's saxing all over the place. Uh, Nick, did you listen to this album? No, I haven't. Yeah, you don't need to. It's it's not great. It's basically just uh, high school kids in SoCal who like Less Than Jake and the Boston's and Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Right, and and that their their saxophone friend like was in the the fucking band at yeah. the school no, band, you, know? you know what their saxophone friend probably had the minivan that could transport the equipment from a to b <laughs> if we're being real but yeah they they got a lot of traction in the socal scene and hoobastank finally landed a deal with island records and recorded their second full length titled forward again this album featured wasser on the sax and it was kind of like you know same same hoobastank from the album before and it you know in their fun jokey way it included a cover of rod stewart's do you think I'm sexy? Oh, God, I hate these guys. <laughs> but at this point, you know, it's their thing. It's their yeah. lane. And, and they're I like get it. 18 years old. So Island absolutely did not want this. <laughs> and they booted out Wasser. They booted out the saxophonist. Their rationale for this was because their music was heading in a different direction. This is the second piece of bullshit that we're going <laughs> to encounter in their long and storied career. There is no way in hell that these goof nuggets decided to go from funky ska Rod Stewart covers to crawling in the dark in the span time of a year as their major label deal got signed. Some fucking A&R went, guys, we're not releasing this. You need to get rid of that saxophonist if you want to make money. And they went, okay. Yep, 100%. Yep. So eventually those songs leaked and it's just... it makes it so much more evident that these guys just hopped aboard the bandwagon of what was happening at that time. But Wasser almost immediately gets his revenge when he goes on to executive produce the album Science by a little band called Incubus. Whoa, really? Yes. Yes, he was the executive producer on that. And as an added fuck you, he recorded the saxophone solo on the track Summer <laughs> Romance. Like, fuck me, fuck you. Yeah, so Hoobastank, uh, they recruited producer Jim Weir, and he was the producer of Incubus albums, Fungus Among Us, and he also worked aside Wasser on Science, where it was also responsible for producing Alien Ant Farms uh, Up in the Attic and Jimmy's Chicken Shack Bring Your Own Stereo. So this guy is like the king of gutless, forgettable rock music that like gets one summertime single and then you never think about him again. Yep. Jimmy's Chicken Shack is the second worst name after Hoobastank. Oh, absolutely. No, it only makes sense. Like, you know, Jim's probably sitting there like, what's the worst name? Ah, Hoobastank. Ah, they need my touch. Yeah. No, I remember like coming up in the local Chicago scene, there was a band that used to play bar shows that was called Free Chicken and Beer. Because it's funny to put it on a flyer. <laughs> People show up. God, fuck these guys. 
Okay, so their second full length is shelved. Some of the songs then make it onto their self-titled major label debut album in November of 2001. This album, self-titled, spawned three hit singles, went platinum, reaching number 25 on the Billboard 200 album charts and number one on the Billboard Heat Seeker chart. It's got a runtime of 38 minutes and 59 seconds, which seems insane because this goes on forever. You, seriously, it's like trapped. It's, it's, I swear to God, the trapped similarities on here are just yeah. uncanny. It kicks off with the song that everybody knows who Bestank for, and that is Crawling in the Dark. This single was released on April 2nd of 2002. It hit the Billboard Hot 100 at number 68, the U.S. Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks at number 7, and the U.S. Hot Modern Rock Tracks at number 3. It appeared in video games like Karaoke Revolution, MLB Slugfest 2004, and Aggressive Inline. Hell yeah, Aggressive Inline. I don't rollerblade. I aggressive inline. <laughs> Sure you do, pal. Oh, I mean, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of saying that. <laughs> Nick, I'm... Oh, God, this is another one of those moments where I have to be incredibly honest, don't I? Fuck. Yeah. I aggressive in lines, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. It, it may be the thing in my life that I was the worst at of all of my hobbies. Yeah. You, you know you know what my 2001 uh, AIM profile said about me? No. I was really into straight edge and aggressive in line. <laughs> yep. Can we start a Hoobastank cover band as two aggressive inline bros? We can take the word back and our, our band can be called Fruit Booter. <laughs> Oh, God. Yes, yes. <laughs> America's premier Hoobastake cover band fruit boot. <laughs> Appearing at Herd Immunity Fest. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God. Uh, this song, it also appeared on the Fast and the Furious soundtrack, More Fast and Furious, which is much like More Combat, just songs that they added and slapped a popular movie onto in order to sell more CDs. The actual title of that CD is More Fast and Furious, music from and inspired by the motion picture The Fast and the Furious. Dude, can I just go on record and say that nobody has ever been inspired by a movie to like make music? Like I wasn't sitting around watching Batman Begins <laughs> and I had to be like, I gotta write a fucking song about this. <laughs> the thing that is most important about this song and the thing which has almost been forgotten by time, this song was featured in a Mountain Dew commercial. Oh. This was not any Mountain Dew commercial. This Mountain Dew commercial starring a young Channing Tatum. Can you find it on YouTube? Yes, I absolutely can. So you need to watch this first off. And, uh, oh God, this is, this might be the best thing ever. Right. I can't wait. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Forgot my dew. <laughs> Oh, 
die. <laughs> so so Janet Tatum forgets his due. He's driving like this dope like firebird with T-tops. <laughs> and, and, and he pulls his e-brake U-turn in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> and his friend's like, what's up? And Tatum just, Tatum just goes, I forgot my due. And then his, his, the guy, like his friend is like, oh no, like this is a regular thing that happens. Tatum fucking floors it to the 7-Eleven and uh, crawling in the dark is just blaring. Meanwhile, back at the store, the most like 90s Seth Green wannabe, he spies the dew and he grabs it and he's like, sweet free Mountain Dew. Tatum like zeroes in on this like a hawk. <laughs> and uh, like you see like his pupils kind of like go pinpoint. Any normal person would say, would like pull up and just say like, hey, I'm sorry, that that's mine. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Jake Tatum's a fucking maniac, so he hits the NOS and he just speeds head on into a pile of boxes, which sends his car spiraling through the air. He does a he does a fucking barrel roll in a car, and in mid spin, he reaches through the sunroof and snatches the Mountain Dew out. And then starts slamming it using centrifugal force. He just opens his mouth and the dew just starts flying into his mouth. It's perfect. It's a perfect piece of cinema. I cannot get past how good that commercial is. But then there's an actual music video for it. And uh, Mm -hmm. this has got big Warped Tour energy written all over it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So they're they're playing in a warehouse like everyone else does, and it's the first time that you really notice that their logo looks like a pair of titties. <laughs> the first time that like you really just see it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, there is this alternative looking chick with a nose ring, and her studded belt is inexplicably pushed to the side, which makes it hard to take a piss. <laughs> it, it sure did. <laughs> it sure did. Why did we do that? It's for fashion. She gets into her black drop-top Ford Mustang and immediately puts in a Hoobastank CD. And it cuts to this shirtless kid in his room and his mom's pounding <laughs> on the on door. The door. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I mean, she's trying to be respectful of his boundaries, I guess, because the door the door was open and he walks over to it and latches the bolt shut because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Doug Rob's in there baiting again. <laughs> So, you know, he's in trouble for not doing his homework or whatever, and he puts on a shirt, and he grabs his Hoobastank CD, and he crawls out the window. So, son of the year right there. He uh, he goes on to join all of his alternative friends in some cool attic room, which, if you've ever been in an attic, it's hot as fuck. <laughs> it's difficult to maneuver with the low overhead, and you're, you're breathing in old pink insulation into your lungs. It's fucking terrible. Nobody wants to hang out in an attic. But they're all hanging out and presumably listening to and talking about Hoobastank. And one of the kids walks up to the runaway and uh, produces some Hoobastank tickets. So fucking boom! Teen runaway, he's in the Mustang with the alt-girlfriend, and all of his attic friends are in the back, and they just take off like a bat out of hell to go to the Hoobastank show. They're just cruising down the highway with the Hoobastank blare, and then the white privilege is cranked to 11. (laughs) They're just not a care in the world. For whatever reason, they show up to the show in a Nissan Xterra, so I don't know what the hell happened in between. For whatever reason, Doug Rob now has no shirt on. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he popped that thing right off. Yeah. So white women are screaming in joy, and everybody's just rocking out to Hoobastank. 
like everybody in the video is very good looking. Like everyone, the, everybody in the crowd, and everybody in Hoobastank is very good looking. Yeah, like, they're like that SoCal like surfer dude kind of vibe. Effortless, like I mean, I real I don't really work out. It's like you know, right? Totally. Like you know, you, I, I don't even style my hair. It's just the sea salt in the air, bro. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Everything about these guys. So yeah, that's crawling in the dark. It's the one thing that we all remember them for off of this record. A much bigger single off their second record mm-hmm. that there is nothing new metal about at all. Yeah. And after this, there's nothing new metal about this album at all. There's a couple. I got a, I got a couple moments on a couple songs. But yes, congratulations for, again, choosing a non-new metal album for this show. <laughs> I did not mean to. I did not mean to do this. I, If you look on their Wikipedia, it says that they are either new metal or alt-grunge, which, nice fucking try. You're just terrible. Right. Alt-grunge is like when Trapped called themselves post-new metal. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. We're the alternative to the thing that was good. I don't. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're the alternative to alternative. Yeah, it's oh god, it's something that alt, alt. yeah. It, this is this is just like an A and R's wet dream. Uh, this whole thing was made in a lab, and that was it. But anyway, moving on. Uh, their second track is their third single called "Remember Me," and all I, all I got is that this must have been like the best two and a half years in Doug Rob's life. Oh, for sure. He's just letting everyone have it. I want to be like you. And now he's announcing, you're never going to be a part of me, and you're not allowed to be a part of me. And he's, he's saying that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, but he says it like, he, he's a bad lyricist. Like, you acted like you never noticed me. Forget it, because the gone has come around. What the fuck, the fuck does, does that, that mean? mean? The gone has come around. Yeah, with all the money that they put into Mountain Dew commercials and uh, soundtrack placements, could they not like just get someone in the studio with him to just be like... Yeah, let's polish this up a little bit. Yeah. But no, and, and that's a big thing. It's like these vague, big, emotional, philosophical, like kind of like, you don't get to see inside. Be kind of like trapped. Just bullshit. Just kind of like trapped. Hi, Chris. Can we talk about the video? Uh, yes. Now, Nick, I know that you loved this video. <laughs> well, first off, Doug Rob is dressed like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> the trucker hat. The trucker hat was the style of the yeah, time. He, he looks like the little kid on Pokemon. So the concept is like this school where like the goth kids are the popular kids, right? So like they're going through the yearbook and like this goth girl is best dressed. And like, I want to be like, like who? Do you think your target audience is? It's not kids that listen to Marilyn Manson, guys. (laughs) Yeah, like that's what I really like failed to understand is also you guys have been out of high school for like, I don't know, eight years. Right, right. And then they make a a video about like a school shooter yearbook. And then there's a a weird like dig at the end of the video because they're doing, you know, best dress, most popular or whatever. And they get to drama club president and it's the quarterback of the football team. So I think that that's sort of like in alternate world, the jocks are the gay guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just such a simplistic, overly simplistic. It's a stupid take. It's a yeah. stupid take and it's insulting to basically everyone. everyone. I do want to point out in that video, there are two very, very clear instances of hardcore paraphernalia. 
what was it the most romantic or like class couple or whatever the, the, there's these two kids yeah. making out in the back of a <laughs> SUV and the girl is wearing an AT Visions uh, vanity t-shirt which I knew because I owned I mean that yeah, that, that the timestamp checks out yeah and the debate team one of the kids on the debate team has got a throwdown hoodie on so so I'm sure there's just a casting call or somebody knew a friend of a friend in the scene who's like, yeah, these idiots from Hoobastank need extras. You want to get 400 bucks and free catering? Right. Yeah. Right. That's all I got for this. Third song, second single, is Running Away. And it is a decent story of the year song or <laughs> yep. the best trap song ever written. By far the best trap song. I mean, this guy's got a really good voice. You know, what He mean? has oh. a great voice. Let he's it be a, he's said. A- horrible lyricist but he's a good singer yeah no doug Doug rob he can sing and that's the thing that kind of carries this album yeah it's got like a few good hooks and the guy has just got awesome vocals yeah and and like the harmonies are produced really well so like the all of the vocals and all of the guitars on this record sound really really good like it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's there's nothing raw about it it's like extremely polished but um you know in the headphones it sounds pretty good yeah, and the video is them in one of those boxes that is projecting video onto them. It's stock footage of some model with smeared mascara doing weird shit that like conveys Doug Rob is in a you know he's a deep soul who's been rebuked and I'm just getting crazy incel vibes on this one. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll mention it at the end, but this whole album lyrically is just trying to get women to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. I mean, musically, it's a good song. Uh, it's got a big, catchy chorus. It definitely was one of those singles. Next up is Pieces. It's kind of it's kind of a new metal song. It's got like a new metal intro. Okay, walk through this with me. All right. This is a ska song. Okay. It is a straight ripoff of like something you would hear on the Mighty Mighty Boston's More Noise and Other Disturbances. It's got like the big, like kind of crunchy metal, but then the... And then you can hear where the horn section is supposed to be. You can hear where it's missing. They just didn't have the balls to do it because they were in the process of selling out their own fan base. I I tell you that I I go back and listen to it with those ears, but I'm not going to go back and listen to this. (laughs) You're never going to listen to this again? Not happening. I would put this one on the Days of the New Spotify playlist for this episode. Okay. Because I really think that if you listen to this podcast and then you listen to that song, you'll hear where it was a Mighty Mighty Boston song. They, <laughs> they ripped the heart and soul out of it and they put no horns in it. That's all that is. Let you know. All right. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me. Take it. If Hoobastank is in fact a new metal band, is this the horniest new metal song since <laughs> Korn's Adidas? My only note says, fuck, this isn't a new metal album. All right, so the lyric is, who you are, what you do, makes me burn to be in you. And the song is called Let You Know. Like, hey, girl, just saying, like, let me up in that. <laughs> Seriously, though, they should have just called this song Just the Tip. <laughs> it's real bad. It's, it's real bad. But, like, it's not even subtle. He doesn't even say to be with you. He says to be in you. In you. It's kind of gross. <laughs> oh, also, it sounds like they forgot to edit the metronome out of this. Oh, you can hear it? I, it sounds like it. So, so that that happens. So, like, when Tarnish went in and recorded, if you put headphones on, there's a couple parts where you can hear. We use, like, a cowbell sound for our click. And it was bled from the headphones into the vocal mic. And we couldn't, we couldn't get it out. 
honest to God, it sounds like the metronome is in there, but like it's it's weird. Next song is called Better. Here's where we first really, truly, 100% see that they are just going to suck from the incubus teat. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. I mean, like I said earlier, like none of the risks, though, none of the lyrical acumen or the weird artiness or even like the like raw sexuality. It's all fake. Like when this dude pops his shirt off, you're like, oh, that guy's got his shirt off. When Brandon Boyd pops his shirt off, you're like, Brandon Boyd fucks. <laughs> that dude... Look at that dude. He fucks and he plays the feature <laughs> too in the raid sticks. Right, right. And the, that, that dude plays the bongos so good with no shirt on. <laughs> and also, they formed Incubus and a community college. There's nothing more Incubus than starting Incubus in a community college. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, it is notable that like Incubus and Hoobastank played club shows together. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. very early in both of their careers, so. And that's what you're talking about. They talk to the A&R guy and they're like, well, Incubus got signed. How can we get signed? They're like, sound like fucking Incubus. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Like, this is dollar store Incubus. The, <laughs> dollar that, like, general Incubus. <laughs> yeah, this is like when your parents get divorced and you go over to like your dad's bachelor apartment and like he's like, Hey, you like Transformers? And, like, you get GoBots? <laughs> yes. This isn't, like, the deluxe DVD release of Night of the Living Dead. This is the dollar store version. Where, like, <laughs> there's yeah. no insert. You open it, and there's just, like, a shitty screen-printed <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> That's what this yeah. is. <laughs> like, for some reason, it smells like must and industrial cleaning solvent. You're just like, how long has this fucking been in the bag? <laughs> All right, so like, this song is, is better, right? Yes, better. So the, the only note I have on it is the lyric is, I'd still rather be me than me be you. I'm like, yeah, no shit, says the guy making his major label debut and probably get a million dollar advance. Yeah, there's some wild insecurity and like just some wild kind of posturing on this. Th- this whole thing from here on out kind of slides into... Incubus B-sides, and Hoobastank is really going to show the full powers of, like, their dick-riding ability throughout the rest of the album. The next track up is Ready For You, and it's just, it's a garbage song. I've, I've, it's, it's, it's a song about being in the friend zone. <laughs> oh, God. Like, the lyric is, with you I've got to chase, slow down so I can smell the roses. Mm. It's so it's so gross. Oh, my God. And he goes... My tires are spinning, but to no avail. Dude, just try this, this strategy from two songs ago. Girls don't like desperation. Just walk right up to her, look her in the eyes, and tell her that you want to be inside of her. <laughs> I mean, that's what you sang about earlier. We know you got that move in you, man. Own it. Yeah. Come on, dollar store Brendan boy. <laughs> Pull your dick out. See what happens. <laughs> this is another one of those where I listened to it five times, and I had nothing to say. So... I went to the people and I went over to Last FM where this song has 75,000 plays and I wanted to see what fans of Hoobastank said. So on April of 2008 at 9.37 a.m., Stanley the Panda said, I'm not really a Hoobastank fan, but I really like this song. <laughs> on January 25th of 2009 at 9.47 in the morning, Bluish Rose just left a smiley face. <laughs> and then also, while I was doing this, the, my sidebar ads shifted to advertisements for help with bipolar depression. <laughs> I like this trend. It's two episodes in a row that the targeted advertising came after us after spending too much time on one band. 
my search history has been insane. God forbid anything ever happens to anybody I care about. Because <laughs> if they look through my computer, I'm fucked because of this podcast. Next up is Up and Gone. It's weird. Like, he tries a little screaming. It, you kind of get another one of those trapped... Basically, the lyrical content of it is he's staring up at the clouds and feeling like a fake and hating your life. And that's what happens when you completely betray all the people who got you to where you are on the sound that you made. And you start to just pedal warmed over alt rock dog shit. <laughs> that's how you feel. Yeah. I mean, that said, the, the rhythm guitar is kind of fun. Like, I, I kind of like their guitar parts. But hearing dudes sing about hating their life and unhappy they are on their major label debut, again, is, is a trend that just threw out music. It drives me crazy the same way it drives me crazy like when Nickelback wants to tell you how cool it is to be a rock star. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we know, dude. We fucking know. Somehow they make it sound less fun because you have to hang out with Nickelback. <laughs> it's a bullshit song, and that's all I got. I want to do a three for Okay. Too little, too late. Hello again. And to be with you. Yes. Here is my one note. Do you think it was weird when the guys from Hoobastank ran into Incubus backstage at summer festivals? <laughs> do you think they had to have that conversation? I, I bet you it was like, oh, just let him, just let him do it. <laughs> Doug Rob's whole face just looks like, oh my God, are you the guy from, do I know you from? You're the guy from Incubus. He looks like the guy from Incubus if you put him in the microwave for nine seconds. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Nick, do you have anything to contribute to these three songs? Because I've literally listened to this album more times than I can count. No, it's, it's just they're boring songs about him begging women to sleep with him still. I mm. mean... To, to be with you. Hello again. That's my favorite, though. Because that song is about, like, ex-sex. Like, that's him being like, oh, man, I haven't thought about Jill in a while. <laughs> the lyrics are like, I'm so afraid that if I wait too long, you'll never look in my eyes again. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, you, you, got, you just got a paycheck. Take a shot. You got a lot of money now. That 2002 money was good. Mm -hmm. That 2002 money was real good. Next track up is Give It Back, and I absolutely love that he says loyalty is something you lack you fired your saxophonist you completely sold out every single piece of your fan base you wrote a dog shit album that was full of mediocrity and you're talking about loyalty well and this is the most incubus song on the album for me like if you actually played me the song and told me it was an incubus b-side i would believe you like i can discern the vocal between steve dave and brandon boyd uh, but like on this song, I can't like, it sounds very much like it. And then like, it has like a new metal bridge with like an almost wrapped part with the, yeah. with the give it back. Loyalty is something that you lack. Like he's kind of trying to wrap it. And then the song ends with the fucking new metal skit. Keep the tape rolling. Yeah. And it's making fun of his own lyrics to the song. Yeah. I hate that. It just, I don't really get it. No, as far as keep the tape rolling goes, that one sucks. Overall, this album, it was made in a lab. It mm -hmm. was designed to sell to a certain demographic. They had two hit, two songs that they're like, oh, these can be hits. And a third that might be a, a minor yeah. hit, ship it. Like, who gives? Who cares what's yeah. on the bottom half of this album? There are two different acts in Hoobastank's career. One is the fun-loving weirdo ska band that grew organically an audience that cared about them. And the other one is signing a major label deal and completely abandoning that to just 
produce mediocre shit. There's no risks taken, like you said, and the depth of their emotional maturity is like right between a shiny button-up shirt with the Venom logo on it and a jar of Manic Panic. (laughs) That's where these guys are. So that is Hoobastank by Hoobastank. I am so sorry. Why? I mean, is it... Like, so many of these bands didn't come up with an album title. Like, why are so many of their first albums self-titled? Well, the the last time that they allowed them to title an album is called <laughs> They Sure Don't Make Basketball Shorts Like These Anymore. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Island Records put yeah. the kibosh on that yeah, real probably. quick. We're calling it Hoobastank. Put your boobies logo on there. Let's go. So, where are they now? Hoobastank has gone on to release five more studio albums, with Pushpole being their latest in 2018. In 2003, they released The Reason, uh, the eponymous single of which would be their biggest hit and lead that album to go double platinum. Yeah, I mean, it was it was massive. I mean, it overshadowed everything on the first record. And it it, it pulled them completely out of the, like, heavy guitar. Like, it's, it, I mean, that's a pop song. I cannot imagine how many kids lost their virginity on prom night to that song. I wonder if they wrote it. I doubt it. I Highly doubt they wrote that. Oh, he's going for it. He's going for it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's review the tape. Songwriters. It's Doug Robb, Dan Estrin, Chris Hesse, and Marku Lapalanian. Holy shit. Well, hey, Doug Robb, way to go for growth, man. It peaked at number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, but was defeated by Usher's Burn. Ooh. Ooh, way to go, Usher. Fuck those guys. <laughs> I do want to point out that on August 2nd of 2013, Jeremy Wasser made a one-off appearance on the Sunset Strip Music Festival at Whiskey A Go-Go, and he played sax with the band on the songs uh, Earthsick and Can I Buy You a Drink from They Sure Don't Make Basketball Shorts Like They Used To. So they got the whole band back together. Oh, adorable. I, I would have liked to have seen that. Hoobastank has gone on to release songs like Never Be Here Again as part of the AT&T Team USA soundtrack. Doug Robb provided the lyrics and vocals for Fist Bump, the theme song for the 2017 video game Sonic Forces. The song Just One is the title track for Top Spin 2, which is a video game about tennis. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's a video game about tennis. A video game for something you could leave your house and actually do within five minutes of leaving your house. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got a racket, got a ball, you're playing tennis, motherfucker. <laughs> and you don't have to listen to Hoobastank. <laughs> the song Just One was also used for the Asahai Super Dry beer commercials in Japan in 2007. So, uh, yeah, if you want to drive someone to drink, Hoobastank. <laughs> Getting that sweet Japanese beer money. Let's see, their song Out of Control was featured on MX Unleashed for the PS2. Fun fact. This track also features former lead singer of Lost Prophets and current child rapist Ian Watkins. Oh, god damn it! Yeah, that, has, that probably hasn't aged too well. Ugh. Yeah. Same Direction is featured as the main soundtrack for Madden NFL 2005. The song Without a Fight was featured on the game Elite Beat Agents and the trailer for the film Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker sounds like a Nazi website. It really does. <laughs> it really does. The song Born to Lead and its music video were used as a skin in this puzzle game, Luminous 2. Don't know what the fuck that's about because I stopped looking, but you get the point. 
The band's whole lane is to create completely forgettable music that can be put on a 30-second loop for a loading screen while you select which pixelated character best represents you as an extreme snowboarder, motocross guy, or fucking tennis player. It's the dull hum that plays in the background of a movie trailer while gravelly voice indicates that this summer, take the wheel. Vin Diesel is fuckity flippadoodle. <laughs> Tell me what it's for. Help me understand it. It's music to be forgotten while you're paying attention to something else. That is their entire career. Yeah, but like, I'd rather do that for my job than what I do for my job. <laughs> Which is talk about this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so that is Hoobastank by Hoobastank. This will be the last time that I ever go, oh, that's a funny name. We should just do that because it led me into a dark place. All that said, Nick, what you listening to, buddy? I'm still in kind of a doomy kind of place, so I'm going to kick it back to uh, Emma Ruth Rundle's 2018 release on Dark Horses, and the song uh, is Dark Horses. Kevin, do you know Emma Ruth Rundle? I don't. Do you know Red Sparrows? I do. Okay, so she's the guitar player in Red Sparrows, and she went solo, and she also plays in a really killer band and sings called uh, Marriages. It's definitely got that Red Sparrows vibe, but like with the reverb on the vocal put to 10 and like uh, she showed some really interesting and clever songwriting on this album so yeah a dark horse off of emma ruth rundle's 2018 release on dark horses fuck yeah that's awesome lately getting a lot of uh play from me is the album getting over it by king theta king theta is a weird one it's just one guy he uses a lot of sequencing and loops and then live guitars and drums and it's in the very DNA of the music, it's a lot like The Wonder Years. It's got like kind of that new wave of emo, but then it also uses like heavy booming 808s and like trap drums. He creates it all by himself. Interesting. Yeah. So like there's a little bit of like that immature lyricism of like some of like the pop punk scene, but then he'll switch gears and sing about like some really personal shit. And he does it in a way where like it's it's a super fun listen, like it'll rattle your trunk. I recommend getting over it. It's just a super, super fun song to sing along to. I haven't heard anything like it. So King Theta, getting over it is the track. All right, Nick, tell them where they can find us. You can find us on the internet. Instagram and and Twitter at Days of the New, D-A-Y-Z of the New, and you, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick underscore the underscore knife. You can find me on Instagram at K-J Delory, that is D-E-L-U-R-Y, and you cannot find me on Twitter because they sure don't make basketball shorts like they used to. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes, and please subscribe on Spotify. Both of those things help us a lot. We are trying to move up these charts so we can attract some sponsors, so we can have some money to buy the alcohol that makes it possible to listen to the bullshit that makes this show. Amen to that. All right, Nick, you got the mic next time. What are we listening to? All right, guys. Well, we've given you some of the B team, right? We've done Seven Dust lately. We've done P.O.D. Hoobastank is like the D team. (laughs) So I'm not quite ready to give you what you're all waiting for, which we all know is Limp Bizkit. We're not ready Mm -hmm. yet. That's probably going to be a two-part. But I want to give you something that you know. And I want to give you something that I know. So in two weeks, you're going to get the hybrid theory by Linkin Park. Fuck yes! (laughs) We'll see you on Thursday with a mosh pit. And then the week after that, we're bringing it to you. So, So pull out hybrid theory. 
I'm pretty sure it's still a jam. I haven't listened to it in years. I'm really looking forward to writing this episode and to listening to it. And I know that even if it doesn't hold up, like 21-year-old Nick is still going to get pumped at certain parts. So, you know, we have to listen to these albums like five times every time we make one. But big up to Chester. May he rest in power. We're going to do him some justice, but Mm -hmm. we're still going to make fun of him because there's... I mean, their band name is Linkin Park spelled wrong. Right off the bat, yep. there's, there's problems. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Show me a